A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Hello, babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to our show. It's the day after Christmas, Boxing Day. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I hope you got everything you wanted. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Do wishes come true on Christmas? Who knows? (laughs) Well, we watched a, a Hallmark Channel original Christmas movie, a fine film, yeah, with Lacey Shabert mm-hmm, from uh, from Mean Girls. Yeah, what was it called? I don't remember. I we watched it based on the description, which was <laughs> yeah. like a woman uh, wishes that she had more confidence in the workplace. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that sounds like very relatable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look up which maybe I'll learn something by watching this which movie it was I looked up Lacey Shebert Christmas movies and it's not even the first result how many of them has she done she was also in A Christmas Melody which was the Mariah Carey one I Ooh. haven't watched it yet but I have a DVR and then that sounds good she was also in The Tree That Saved Christmas <laughs> um, and a movie called Black Christmas and a movie called A Holiday Heist, but... Um, no, this was none of those. She was also in a movie called A Royal Christmas, which I watched part of, where it's basically like a uh, Princess Diaries ripoff. Oh, we talked about this oh, already. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the one that we watched, yeah, She Wishes to Santa. Is that how it works? You w- make a wish to Santa? That's not... Yeah. He just sort of appears and he's like, you get one wish. And then she's like, what? And then he like has to explain it to her. He's like, you you see, you have to like make a wish and then I'll make it come true because she doesn't understand it. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Oh, it was called a wish for Christmas. Oh, that makes sense. That's what it was called. Um, Um, Yeah. So she wishes she'd be more assertive in the workplace. And then she starts like saying whatever's on her mind. And then her boss is like, hey, who is this woman? I'm in love with you. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like the most boring man alive. He's like a piece of cardboard. I could not pick him out of a lineup. No. If I had face blindness, it wouldn't decrease my ability to recognize him. <laughs> I'm good at recognizing faces and his just has no information yeah. at all. <laughs> There's nothing. He's just a Canadian man. Um, <laughs> I got so like, I've been watching so many of those Hallmark Channel Christmas I, movies. I love that you've watched so many of these and you haven't seen The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> I don't know why that like drives me crazy. Like, there's a lot of movies you haven't seen, but, like, if you yeah. like this kind of movie... Like, I should see The Devil Wears Prada. I feel like you'd really... You'd be blown away by it. I bet I, bet I would, especially if I watched it right after watching, like, A Very Merry Mix-Up. You'd be uh, like, what the hell? This is so good. Why didn't this win every Oscar? Stanley Tucci's in it. I mean, oh. that's enough. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen The Princess Diaries. That's true. So we should probably get together and just do a Hathaway do a marathon. Ha- Hathaway sleep away. A hathathon? <laughs> <laughs> we have to watch the, the intern too. The um, one with Robert De Niro. A marathay? <laughs> yeah. The intern is great. I've seen that. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I've it seen was it twice. Very, it was a marshmallow. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, well, I... Uh, I got so into Christmas from watching these movies that I did this the silliest thing that I'm still pretty proud of. You kind um, of 
did like a plot from one of the movies in I real did. life. I did, yes. So um, I decided, because I'm not going to be home for Christmas, like with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. he's staying in LA and I'm going to New York. Oh, he's going to be here all by himself? Well, his family's going to be here. Oh, so okay, he, cool, cool. that's why he couldn't come to New York. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I was like, here's what I'm going to do. Right before I leave town, I'm going to get up very early and set up a Christmas tree and stockings in the living room. And then I'm going to wake him up and say, Santa came. <laughs> um, and I was going to do that like the day before I left. Um, but then he started talking about wanting to get a Christmas tree. And I had already ordered a fake tree online on like Shit. November 15th. Um, <laughs> and I had hid it in the attic and decorated it. Um, and so I was like, oh, shit, I got to move this up. And so on December 3rd, which was a Saturday at night, at like 10 o'clock at night, he was taking a shower. And I was like, I'm going to do it now. Because <laughs> um, I couldn't think of like when else I'd be able to do it. And so while he was in the shower, I like very quickly brought the Christmas tree down and hung up the stockings and I like filled his stocking with like a bunch of candy and bullshit. Um, and uh, then uh, then I was like, okay, it's all set up. I'll go change in my pajamas. Because <laughs> I thought that would help for some reason. And I ran into the bedroom and I started changing. I had just taken my pants off is all he'd, I had done. And then I heard him come out of the shower. <laughs> and so I ran towards him with no pants on and just the shirt that I was wearing. And I was like, Peter, something really weird happened while you were in the shower. And he was like, yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> I was like, he was like, what? And I was like, Santa came. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and so... <laughs> I Did Santa take your pants off? Like, what happened? <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> I don't Santa, think that was Santa. Santa took my pants <laughs> and so i like let him into the living room he was like am i supposed to follow you what's happening it's so bad to like run out half dressed and say that a man just came into your house (laughs) even if he's fictional peter you're a cuck (laughs) you got cucked by like a mystical being Oh my god. Cucked uh, by Santa. That's a good name for a Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> uh, uh, but so then uh, he came into the living room and he was like, what? This is silly. But he enjoyed it. Okay. And I had the only part of the plan that was not like meticulously executed was... Um, the only the ra- well okay one of the only <laughs> i mean like the tree looked really good yeah like i decorated it with like uh like these like icicle strings and like ornaments and stuff and then like the stockings are like very classic christmas stockings nice um i love that you decorated it ahead of time too that's really smart thank you yeah um but then <laughs> i like was gonna do like a nice card from santa but instead i just like hastily scrawled a note in my own handwriting on a page ripped out of my stand-up notebook that just said peter uh sorry i came early uh clerical error love ya santa 
And he was like, this part of it is very lazy. The rest of it took so much work. What? You didn't find that romantic <laughs> clerical error? <laughs> um, anyway. Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Peter's a lucky man. <laughs> I tell him that all the time. He was like, my favorite part about this is your uh, satisfied strut that you're doing <laughs> an hour later. <laughs> anyway. Well um, done. What are you doing for Christmas? Uh, nothing exciting. Yeah. Driving up north to see my parents. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We're pl- doing it low key this Christmas. Yeah. We're like, uh, let's have Christmas late and uh, don't worry about gifts. Let's just do charity. Blah, blah, blah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is good because I'm bad at buying gifts. Yeah, it's very stressful. I feel like I'm a selfish gift shopper. I'm always like, I think they would like this, but what does it do for me? <laughs> <laughs> so like, what do you mean? Like, what kind of gifts does well, that like, lead you to give? Like, I can't buy a gift for someone if I don't like the thing. Oh. Like, I have to also like it, yeah. I feel like. You know? <laughs> like, it has to be, like, approved by me. To, but that's very selfish. Yeah. That was an issue a few years ago. My mom, we were like, we always, like, email out what we want. Mm-hmm. And my mom's email to us was like, I want uh, turtlenecks, not cowlnecks, turtlenecks. Because <laughs> she knew none of us wanted to buy her a turtleneck because we're opposed to her wearing them. <laughs> How she feel about mock turtlenecks? No, she's like, none of that. She all the way. Needs to be, it needs to be all the way up. Oh, my God. And it can't be a cowlneck. It can't be loose. It can't be stylish. It has to be just like a fucking straight up turtleneck. Can't be like a crew neck with a scarf. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, um, that I respect that. I like a turtleneck. I don't. I think they're cute. They can be if you style them properly. They make my boobs look bigger when I wear them. <laughs> I don't know why. They li- make my boobs look very saggy. Oh. Yeah. You have to have... I have small boobs. A small high rack. <laughs> um, mm. I, had a dream, I had a dream last night, a, a sex dream about a woman. Mm. And uh, in it, she started laughing at me because I, when she took her shirt off and I saw her boobs, I said, uh, nice stones. <laughs> And then she laughed at me and I lost my erection. Oh, my God. Anyway, is this my therapy session? What are we uh, talking about? fantastic. <laughs> um. Should we do uh, Chunch Chat? Is sure. there anything else we wanted to talk about? No. Um, it's time for Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we check in on any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch and chunch. So there's no new Banchunch news or pictures this week, um, but Martha did two blog posts in a row, and the first one was called Wrapping My Boxwood Hedges with Burlap. <laughs> and... <laughs> The second one, the second Wait, one. I am on the edge of my seat. The, <laughs> the second one is wrapping my outdoor urns with burlap. <laughs> so I'm like, is she depressed? Is this like the state of her mind that reflects the current political climate? Like she's just slowly wrapping everything on her property with burlap. Like it's so sad. But yet it's still so Martha core because she could just say wrapping hedges or wrapping urns, but she has to specify because that's how fancy she is. They're yeah. boxwood hedges and they are outdoor urns. You don't get it twisted. Like Don't get it twisted. Why wrap them in burlap? To, to, protect, them to protect them for the long winter. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So oh, yeah, man. Martha, I feel you. I think <laughs> I think we're on the same page. I'm just wrapping everything in burlap right now. Right? My it's the body. only way I'm coping. <laughs> yeah. My mind. Um and that uh that concludes Chunch Chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for one on fun. One on fun. Not it. (laughs) Lisa. Yes. Um, what is the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? Oh my god, that's so hard. Um, it must have been something from Adam, but I can't remember whether it was a Christmas present or a birthday present. He just always gives me the best presents. And then like when I try to get him a present, I'm like, well, fuck, I'll never get anything <laughs> as good. Does that he, stress you out? Yes. Because like he gets me something I didn't even know I wanted and that I felt like I didn't deserve or like I wouldn't get for myself. Like he'll get me like horseback riding lessons, which got me back into riding horses for the first mm. time in like 17 years. He got me like pottery lessons he got me like a keyboard piano once and like had his friend like bring it down into the basement and surprise me with it. It was like, I've never done anything that cool. Oh, man. So, yeah, he always gets the best gifts. Those are all really good. Yeah. Uh, the best gift I've ever gotten was a Barbie Lamborghini when I was five years old. Oh, my God. Wait, was it one of the ones that's big enough for you to sit in? Uh-huh. I wanted one of those so bad. You were right to want one. It was tight. <laughs> <laughs> I think my parents were like, those things are dangerous because if a kid has like autonomy over like a vehicle, that's not correct. <laughs> they went really slow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like a bike. <sighs> it's not less safe than a bike. Yeah. I had it's a bike. More, it's more safe than a bike. The bike had training wheels. Um, but as soon as I got it, I was like, fuck yeah, now I can run away from home. <laughs> did you zoom around in it? Like, yeah. Do you put your friends in the back? There's no room. <laughs> Um, but I can, I can find you a picture of Oh me my God. It. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I wish I could like fit in one right now and get it. I know. Well, you, you have a car. Uh, yeah. You just have like a normal car. It's not the same. <laughs> There's too much responsibility with a real car. Um, I'm just stalling now cause I can't think of what to <laughs> ask you. Um, what's, what's like a really bad gift you've gotten? Um, Great question. A bad <laughs> gift that I've gotten. Um, I feel bad saying I don't because anytime someone gives me a present, that's I know, great. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I'm trying to remember if there's any. any or like, you could talk about a gift you've gotten someone that was not good. That was not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm trying to think of like if there's ever a time when. There's definitely been times when someone has gotten me the same gift twice in a year oh. or or like twice in a row. Yeah. Um, where I'm like, I have this already. Mm-hmm. You gave it to me. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. But oh. I don't remember what it was. I don't think um, that's happened to me. Yeah. Um, one year I asked for, um, for Christmas, I wanted a tiny monkey, one of those little finger monkeys. Oh, yeah. And uh, I put it on my Christmas list <laughs> uh, because I... Uh, was insane. <laughs> I was just like, I might as well shoot for the moon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, my parents instead got me like a little stuffed animal monkey, and I was like, I am not amused. <laughs> <laughs> That's very sweet that they tried to fulfill. I know that wish. I was such an asshole. An impossible. <laughs> I was wish. just like, what? 
why what makes you think I want this? <laughs> I always ask for a pony, but then you know I'd get one of those plastic brayer horses and I'm yeah. like, that's pretty good. You were still very happy I'm with that. I'm still stoked about this. Yeah. 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 Um I'm glad my parents didn't get me a real monkey. Yeah, probably would have that would have like, been a bad situation. Ripped your finger off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get very aggressive when they reach sexual maturity. That's the thing I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that concludes one on fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. Following the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brett Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. Let's introduce our guest this week. Uh, uh, <laughs> Indy, we're getting to it. Patient. <laughs> um, she's a very funny comedian, friend of the show. Please welcome Aparna Nancherla. Thanks for being here. <laughs> um, this week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Emily Klein. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. It is the Wikipedia page for GEF, spelled G-E-F. G-E-F. Is it pronounced Jeff? Gif. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, shit. I, it's, it's about a poltergeist. It would be funny if he was named Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> that would make him less scary to me. <laughs> yeah. It's just Jeff. Yeah, it's just Jeff. Um. Gef, also <laughs> referred to as the talking mongoose or the Dalby spook, was the name <laughs> was the name given to a talking mongoose, which was claimed to inhabit a farmhouse owned by the Irving family. The Irving's farm was located at Cashin's Gap near the hamlet of Dalby on the Isle of Man. Whoa! Do any of those sound like real places? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Wait, so talking mongoose, but a ghost mongoose. I think the ghost maybe went into a mongoose to make oh, him okay. talk. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. I feel it. like there's a certain type of, there's a certain period of time where like anything that was supernatural was everything supernatural. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it was like a vampire ghost monster. You <laughs> yeah. know oh, I mean? right. It was all, it was all in one. Yeah. <laughs> um, the story was given extensive coverage by the tabloid press in Britain in the early 1930s. The Irving's claims gained the attention of parapsychologists and ghost hunters such as Harry Price, Hereward Carrington, and Nandor Fodor. <laughs> Nandor Fodor? Why don't we know more about him? <laughs> That's like if someone was writing like a script yeah, about something yeah. like this, they're like, a uh, placeholder name. Yeah, totally. Nandor <laughs> Fodor. <laughs> and then it just got printed on his birth certificate and that was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some investigators of the era, as well as contemporary critics, have concluded that Vwari Irving used ventriloquism and family collusion to perpetuate the hoax. In uh, September 1931, the Irving family, consisting of James Margaret and a 13-year-old daughter named Vwari, Vwari? Cla- <laughs> Wait, so the, the daughter was Boy. the one who did the really? ventriloquism? 
Uh, worry the worry the thirteen year old. God, I was such a yeah. lazy thirteen year old. I didn't perpetuate any hoaxes. I desperately <laughs> I wanted to learn ventriloquism when I was thirteen, but I didn't. That tracks. Yeah. That yeah. tracks with who you are now. Yep. Um, uh, they claim they heard persistent scratching, rustling, and vocal noises behind their farmhouse's wooden wall panels that variously resembled a ferret, a dog, or a baby. <laughs> according <laughs> One of those three. Yeah. All the same kind of noises. Um, according to the Irvings, a creature named Geff introduced itself and told them it was a mongoose born in New Delhi, <laughs> India in 1852. According to Vwari, Geff was the size of a small rat with yellowish fur and a large bushy tail. So he was born what? in India. But how did he get to the Isle of Man? Yeah. It's not enough <laughs> that he talked. He's also a voyager. Yeah. He's, he's an ghost. illegal immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> the Irvings say that Geff communicated to them that he was an extra, extra clever mongoose, an earthbound spirit. <laughs> And a ghost in the form of a mongoose. And one said, I am a freak. I have, <laughs> I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. Oh, my gosh. Who did the writing for him? A 13-year-old named Vwari. Vwari. Um, this girl's brilliant. So, so he's, they didn't see him. Right. So they're saying like, well, okay, obviously it's a ma- it's a made up thing. But yeah. They're saying that they know it's a mongoose because they heard him say, I'm a mongoose. <laughs> yeah. With hands and feet. An extra, extra clever. Mongoose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I feel um. like there were more ghost hoaxes back then because there was no internet. Yeah. There's no Snopes. There's no Snopes. Yeah. And people were... Yeah, everything. I mean, not that Snopes has stopped people from believing no, in stupid not shit. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, there were definitely a lot more, like especially like medical hoaxes, and just sort of like, yeah, I saw this thing in my house. Everyone believes me immediately. Great. But not just that they can't verify it. That it was like that's their fun. <laughs> that's their <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. The Irvings made various claims about Geff. He supposedly guarded their house and informed them of the approach of guests or any unfamiliar dog. <laughs> A familiar wow. dog he would let slide. Yeah, that's fine. They said that if someone had forgotten to put out the fire at night, Geff would go down and stop the stove. That's nice. Mm. The Irvings claimed Geff would also wake people up when they overslept. <laughs> what? <laughs> I need a Geff. I know. Yeah. Geff is like their Mary Poppins. <laughs> And whenever mice got into the house, Geff supposedly assumed the role of the cat, although he preferred to scare them rather than kill them. Mm. The Irvings say they gave Geff biscuits, chocolates, and bananas, (laughs) and food was left for him in a saucer suspended from the ceiling, which he took when he thought no one was watching. The Irvings claimed the mongoose regularly accompanied them on trips to the market, but always stayed on the other side of the hedges, chatting incessantly. Oh my god! (laughs) They really fleshed out his character. Yeah. This is like a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. it totally this is, is. Elf, basically. It feels like a treatment that was just lying around. <laughs> That's Hollywood speak for, for actually don't know what a treatment, treatment. is. <laughs> I don't really know what it is. Um, the story of Gev became popular in the tabloid press and many journalists flocked to the aisle to try to catch a glimpse of the creature. 
God, journalism I has know. been in a state for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Several oh, other people, man. both locals and visitors, claim to have heard Geff's voice and two claim to have seen it. However, physical evidence was lacking. Footprints, stains on the wall, and hair samples claimed to be evidence of Geff were identified as belonging to the Irving sheepdog, as mm. were several photos which were claimed by the Irvings to depict Geff. They just took a picture of their dog and they're like, <laughs> whoa, look, look at this look talking it. mongoose. <laughs> Margaret and Vori Irving left the home in 1945 after the death of James Irving. They reportedly had to sell the farm at a loss because it had the reputation of being haunted. Oh. Yeah, but by like by, helpful by, yeah, That's by a plus. A helpful talking mongoose yeah. who ate bananas that you hang from the ceiling. Yeah, and wakes like you that. up if you sleep late. Yeah. Right. Uh, in 1946, Leslie Graham, the actor who had bought their farm, claimed in the press that he had shot and killed Gaff. <laughs> <laughs> what? The body displayed by Graham was, however, black and white and much larger than the famous mongoose, and Vori Irving was certain that it was not Gaff. She died in 2005. In an interview published oh. late in life, she maintained that Gaff was not her creation. What the fuck? This is so, I feel like everyone there had a very wide range of what was acceptable as a mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> like physically yeah, yeah. or just like behaviorally? Like, everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> like it's okay if they're from India yeah, yeah. Yeah. and they live in your walls. Yeah. <laughs> um, psychic wow. investigators. In July 1935, the editor of The Listener, Richard S. Lambert, known as Rex, <laughs> and his friend, paranormal investigator Harry Price, went to the Isle of Man to investigate the case and produced the book The Haunting of Cashin's Gap. They avoided saying that they believed the story, but were careful to report it objectively. <laughs> the book reports how a, a hair from the alleged mongoose was sent to Julian Huxley, who then sent it to naturalist F. Martin Duncan, who identified it as a dog hair. <laughs> Price suspected the hair belonged to the Irving sheepdog, Mona. That's a good dog name. Yeah. yeah. Mona. Prince asked, prep yourself for a very British name, <laughs> Reginald Pocock of the Natural History Museum to evaluate paw prints allegedly made by Geff in plasticine together with an impression of his supposed tooth marks. Really, like, science hadn't solved a lot of problems yet. Yeah. And they were using it on this. <laughs> Pocock could not match them to any known animal although he conceded that one of them might have been conceivably made by a dog he did state that none of the markings had been made by a mongoose the diaries of James Irving along with rep uh, reports about the case are in Harry Price's archives in the Senate House Library University of London oh Ooh. yeah Price visited the Irvings and observed double walls of wooden paneling covering the interior rooms of the old stone farmhouse which featured considerable interior airspace <clears throat> between stone and wood walls that makes the whole house one great speaking tube. This is in quotes. <laughs> makes the whole house one great speaking tube with walls like sounding boards. By speaking into one of the many apertures in the panels, it should be possible to convey the voice to various parts of the house. According to Richard Wiseman, Price and Lambert were less than enthusiastic about the case, concluding that only the most credulous of individuals would be impressed with the evidence for Geff. <laughs> Nandor Fodor, uh, research <laughs> officer for the International Institute of Psychical Research, stayed at the Irving's house for a week without seeing or hearing Geff. 
Bodor did not believe a deliberate deception had occurred and molded a complex psychological theory to explain Geff based on a split-off part of Jim Irving's personality. What? A critical reception. Although some psychic investigators thought that Geff was a poltergeist or a ghost, skeptics, including residents of the Isle of Man, believed the Irving family had colluded to perpetuate a hoax that was originated by a daughter of Vori. Oh, so it's like a kind of like a heartwarming story of like making a teenager feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But then she maintained that it wasn't her idea. Yeah. But also when she was interviewed about that, she was like, if she was, okay, if she was 13 in 1935, that yeah. means she was in, that in 2005, she was 83. Yeah. She doesn't remember who invented <laughs> yes. the talking mongoose. Can you imagine being on your deathbed and maintaining that you had a talking mongoose as a child? I mean, you might as well stick to your story yeah. at that point. Like, why Why not? Why ruin right. it? Right. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. I don't know what I would do. Maybe I would stick to the story or I would. Although, you know what? If If I had used ventriloquism, as I say, like it says, researchers suspected her of using ventriloquism and other tricks, the effects of which were hyped by family members reporters in search of a story and credulous paranormalists i would want to brag about my ventriloquism skills yeah i'd be like yeah i was i made up right. a, a mongoose yeah and all these dumb adults believed me I'm totally yeah totally take credit for your work yeah um contemporary media scholar jeffrey sconce writes that the most likely explanation is that this extra extra clever mongoose was an imaginary companion created by the irving's extra extra clever daughter whoa Lots of extras. <laughs> Can't so you just extra. say extra? Why does repeating it twice? I know. Makes it sound extra, 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 extra. This is not a real newspaper because yeah, we're reporting yeah, on yeah. a talking mongoose. <laughs> Lambert slander case. In 1937, Lambert brought an action for slander against Sir Cecil Levita after Levita suggested to a friend that Lambert was unfit to be on the board of the British Film Institute. Wait, I don't know what Wait. any of this has to do with this yet. <laughs> Levita says that Lambert was off his head because he had believed in the talking Uh mongoose and the evil eye. Lambert (laughs) was pressured to abandon his action by Sir Stephen Talents, but persisted with it and won, receiving uh, 7,600 pounds in damages, then an exceptional figure for a slander case, awarded because Lambert's counsel managed to introduce a BBC memo which showed Lambert's career had been threatened if he persisted with the case. The case became known as the Mongoose case. That's like the most British scandal. <laughs> you were off your head. Wait, so, okay. Sir Cecil Levita <laughs> was sued for slander because Levita told someone that Lambert was crazy because he believed in this and that he should therefore not be on the board for the British <clears throat> Film Institute. And then... That doesn't seem fair. That he... I mean, believe what you want to believe. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. If you found out that someone was a member of, say, the Motion Picture Arts Academy, whatever it is that votes on the Oscars. (laughs) Yeah. And that they (laughs) believed in a talking mongoose. Wouldn't you be like, maybe that guy shouldn't be voting? Yeah. You think that it shouldn't disqualify you? Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. People believe in all kinds of stuff. People do in their personal life. Yeah. Okay. But (laughs) would you think that if I said that, that I should be sued for slander? 
about someone. Yeah, like if I was like, I don't know if this guy who believes in to- uh, talking mongoose should vote for the Oscars. Do you think he should be able to sue me for slander? Yeah, I think. Um- <laughs> I guess if he's questioning your judgment, maybe it is slander. Yeah, you're trying to drag him for his beliefs. You guys, I really don't agree with you. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is all ridiculous. <laughs> and I don't know. I didn't go to law school. I don't know how to yeah, approach, I didn't either. approach a case like this. It's a good wiki page. This is a really. Oh, my God. It went so much deeper than I was prepared to engage with. Really? Yeah, there's just so many elements to if it. If we were going to prepare you for this, what would we have said? <laughs> what What could we have told you that would have made you more emotionally prepared to talk about this? Mm. I don't know if you can prepare for a I thing know. like this. Yeah. Um, can you guys think, do you feel like there are any like modern versions of this? Is this like Bat Boy and like the National Enquirer and stuff? Like there are people oh. who actually believe in that stuff um what Remember about like, balloon boy oh, oh yeah <laughs> that was pretty crazy that was pretty wild that's so weird in retrospect it's so obvious that there wasn't a boy <laughs> in that balloon <laughs> but oh, at the time God. we were so do you where were you guys when balloon boy happened i don't remember what year was it i think it was like 2008 or 2009 because i was working in an office and we all stopped work and like you went to did. looked at our laptops, like we all crowded around someone's monitor or something, and Whoa. we were just like watching it, just being like, ah, "Oh my god, what's gonna happen? Is there a child in that balloon?" Oh my god, <laughs> I can't think of a I similar. Think I was at work too. Yeah, yeah, in an office. Man, those were the days. <laughs> that concludes Wiki of the week. <laughs> we'll be right back with Aparna. We're back with Aparna and Angela. Yay. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about what do you want to, what do we want to talk about first? Let's talk about leaving parties. Yeah. Which is uh, something you said you're either interested in or very good at. (laughs) Oh, it can be either. I guess I'm interested in it and I would consider myself adequate at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what do you how do you like to leave a party? I mean, I I am a pretty big Irish exit person. Yeah. Leave without like leave no trace camping, I guess. I love that. Like I was never there. <laughs> <laughs> leave it nicer than you yeah, yeah, than you than found when it. you got there. Um I just I, get really overwhelmed by having to say goodbye to everyone. It is overwhelming. Yeah. I find it very draining. Sometimes I'm like pick 3 people to say goodbye to and that well, account for the group. Yeah. 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 I like to leave and not say goodbye to anyone and then text a few people and say, oh. sorry, I didn't get a chance to say bye. Oh, interesting. Oh, smart. Yeah. Because hmm. then you don't have to. I always feel like there's an energy when you say goodbye to someone at a party. Like they're like, but we didn't really talk. Totally. And you're like, what were you hoping to get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> Um, how how early do you like to leave a party? It depends on the party. Like, I feel like if I get there, I gauge how many people there I would want to interact with. <laughs> do some quick math. Do some quick math. and uh, But also based on, like, if I'm tired or burnt out on interactions already. Do you yeah. have, um, do you have, like, a method for entering a party? Because I feel like that's also Oh, that's thing, also really hard. Right? Yeah, someone was telling me recently about a strategy where they go get to a party, immediately go to the bathroom before a lot of people see them. 
and then and then they come Take out <laughs> like halfway through like they have been there for a long time and join in when the group is like cheering or like wait what like yeah they they, it's a very meditated strategy and then they come in and they just also join in and the people they are like oh like, they were there the whole time oh so that they don't have to do a thing they don't like, have to do an entrance hey, I'm here. yeah they just act like they were already at the party yep. wow oh and man. then everyone is sort of like probably clocks like oh someone else probably said hi to them okay. when they got here <laughs> that's brilliant it is kind of brilliant sometimes what i do is i'll enter a party and then i'm not quite ready yet mm-hmm. to say hi to everyone mm-hmm. so i'm gonna maybe get a drink and i'll kind of stand off to the side by myself for a second yeah but the problem is that one time someone saw me and they were like haha you were like standing off to the side no! by yourself that's so weird that is the, the night that's the nightmare <laughs> Damn it, Josh Cochran, if you're listening, why did you say that? No, he's like a fantastic artist. But I was like, God damn it, Josh, you called me out. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I know I'm weird, but it's like getting into a cold swimming pool and I had to warm up. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) He shouldn't have called you out. That happened to me at a wedding recently. I got there like early Mm because I was like, okay, the wedding's at four. I'll get there at 3.30. And yeah. I was like, this was a mistake. Oh, no too- one else got there until oh, like 3.50. No. Oh, no. And then God. I was just like 20 minutes of like watching the family set up. And oh. I didn't know anyone that well. And oh, so I was just no. like. Were you just like on your phone? Yeah, I just like sat down. Yeah. And I was just on my phone. That's fine. It was fine. Yeah. But the- it felt it felt weird. Like I, I always feel like weddings especially, it's like yeah. people should arrive in order of importance. Yeah, and it feels it felt presumptuous to be there before. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like it, just it, being it, punctual. The, yeah, the, it didn't it's go very like, respectful. <laughs> I guess so. It just felt like it was like I was saying that it goes okay. It goes the family, then me, <laughs> right, then everyone else. Right, right. Oh my god, uh, which is not at all how I felt. It, it feels <laughs> like if you were at a show and you see the actors like milling around without their makeup on, and oh. then you're like, well, now I'm not going to buy into the show. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, now that I see <laughs> that this is just a place that you guys decorated, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't believe it's a wedding anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's been ruined. Yeah. I also hate when you're leaving a gathering and it's like a baby shower or something and everyone's in one room and you have to sort of do a goodbye addressing the whole group. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you're giving a speech. <laughs> yeah. But at uh, least then you don't have to say individual drawn out goodbyes. True. You can just be like, bye, everybody. But to, I always have a fear that like I'll leave and everyone will be like, can we talk about what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's my fear. Oh, no. Oh. Do you ever leave and then just press your ear to the door to make sure that that's yeah. not happening? Okay. <laughs> and forget my coat. The only way I can like feel comfy about any of this is to just assume most people don't care. Or- and they don't. That's yeah. the thing. It's all in my head. Josh cares. Josh, Josh. Cochran clearly cares. <laughs> There's at least one person at every party who's a Josh Cochran. Just dragging Josh. I do feel like there have been times when I've left a party and I've just been like, okay, I'm taking off. And someone will be like, you're leaving? Oh, oh man. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want me to say? Are they like, they want you to take they them want, with you? No, they want right. me to stay because they're oh. like, they can't believe I'm leaving that early. Mm. And it's not even like, 
And then I'm always like, I've been here for three hours. I always say the amount of time I've been at oh. the party to justify leaving, mm-hmm. which feels like I've been watching the clock, yeah. which I usually have. <laughs> yeah. Three um, hours is more than Yeah, enough. that's a long time. Do you guys feel like, was there a time in your life when you really liked going to parties? This makes it sound like we hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I, still I don't like, hate it. I don't yeah. hate it. I had fun at your birthday party at your oh, house. Thanks. There's that, a lot of people there. There is a lot of people there. Yeah. It was a good party. That's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like an old school rager. Yeah. Um, I think my thing with parties is I don't know if I'm going to have a good time until I'm almost leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even then That's you're so like, real. okay, just checking in. Yeah. <laughs> How am I feeling? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I think I also, if I'm being honest... The main reason why I liked parties like in college was the prospect of having sex with someone. Oh, Oh, right. Yeah. And that is no longer a factor. Totally. You can can flirt with someone and then go home. There's more like stakes. Yeah. 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 Now I just feel like, what am I doing this for? (laughs) Yeah, true. You know what I mean? I lied to myself about how much I liked parties. I would always be like, yeah, I'm going out. I got to go to parties. I got to stay out late. And then... As soon as I didn't have to do that in order to have sex with people, I was just like, oh, I guess I don't actually like this. Right. For me, I think the best case scenario <laughs> is I just leave feeling like, okay, I like other people and they like me back. And that's right. Like, oh. I mean, that's pretty good. That's like yeah. a nice feeling. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm the worst. Right. <laughs> people totally. <know> it. <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah. It's risky. Sometimes I'll be very mathematical about it. And I'll be like, okay, you had two good interactions. Yeah. You can- <laughs> Totally. You can leave now. Check those boxes. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I established my humanity. I can go. Um, Do you get... I don't get mad if people leave without saying goodbye. No. But do you no. think anyone does? Uh, Sometimes... I mean, I guess occasionally I'm like, oh, where'd that person go? That's, mm. a, that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Only like if a, I feel like a, I had unfinished business. Right. Yeah. Like if someone was like, we are going to talk about this thing and then they leave before we do. Yeah. That's the only time. Have you ever used like a, oh, oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and then you don't come back. To, <laughs> to like the, you explicitly tell people you're not leaving and then right. you leave. Oh, I'm not leaving. I'm just going I've to I've used the that to get out of conversations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will. Well, and I'll actually full on walk into the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, totally. And then not go to the bathroom and just look at my phone for a little while. Totally. If you say you have to go to the bathroom and then you don't, they could notice that and it would hurt their feelings. It's like, (laughs) that person's a liar. I've, I've but also sometimes I like to just take breaks. Yeah. No, I do oh, too. God. Oh, sitting in the bathroom by yourself at a party. <laughs> oh, so the best. So relaxing. It is. I've had people at parties just straight up say like, okay, well, I'm going to go like mingle and talk to someone else. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's really honest. That is honest. Yeah. I, I understand. Sometimes I'll say like, I'm going to go make a round. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I like that. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 All right. I feel like maybe an insecure person would be like, it's because I'm boring. But yeah. Nah. Um, here's a question. How soon after the ball drops do you leave a New Year's Eve party? Oh, oh. I'm already in bed. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's like 1215. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty soon after. Yeah, because it's like 
that's the thing <laughs> we did it we did it yeah um i think new year's eve parties might be my least favorite yeah, yeah. i don't know what it is passage of time <laughs> yeah they're kind of sad yeah well there's also a lot of expectation yeah on it. Mm-hmm. there's like a lot of like you have to be at a party and you have mm-hmm. to be at a party at a specific time yeah and it's a logistical nightmare yeah that's the thing i like the least about it i think oh yeah it totally is and the kiss at midnight i find very <laughs> high pressure challenging yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah have you ever had like a good I'm sure I've had good ones, but I think it's just the idea that you're like, we're we're like, this is a symbol <laughs> of <laughs> us together. I don't like mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I prefer to just be at like a cabin or at home mm-hmm. or something during uh, that kind of high pressure totally. party. I don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just hole up. And then when you come out, it's the, a different year. Yeah. Yeah. My least favorite thing is uh, when people say, see you next year. Oh, worst joke. <laughs> yeah. Worst joke since concept of time was invented. <laughs> um, can we talk about uh, selling knives? Mm-hmm. So that's a thing you did? I think it was my first job. Job. Was selling, was it, it was Cutco? It was Cutco. It was, I think it was the summer between senior year and first year of college. And I was like, I should figure out what business is and <laughs> i think i saw a flyer that was like do you are you a young adult and you want to make thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars and i was like why is wow. no one else talking about this i gotta go <laughs> I gotta go check this out and then it was just a knife situation <laughs> what i like especially is that like unlike other multi-level marketing things that's like are you a young person who wants money well do you we're gonna give you some knives to walk around with like i don't even know if it would fly in this day and age i think people still sell those really Yeah. yeah um so what would you how long did you do it for? Well, first you have to go to like a bunch of seminars and basically they just make you list like all your contacts or all your parents' contacts and then they're like, you just got to start calling people and, and setting up knife demos and then they show you how to do like a good demo. And I think that was more than part of the problem with me. It's like <laughs> I couldn't do a good demo. Like you were supposed to be like, look how easy it is to cut through this rope and I could never cut through it. <laughs> I think that was on me. <laughs> Was it a strength issue or probably yeah. <laughs> an angle? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> they didn't teach you how to do it. I mean, they showed you, but it's not like they would like you know. It's not like that thing where they would like put their hand over yours and be like, "Let's <laughs> let's really break this down." <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I sold because you were supposed to try and sell sets, and I think I sold total two single knives. <laughs> <laughs> And I think they were both pity purchases from my dad's coworkers. They definitely were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my parents still have my demo set. Really? They got a free oh, set nice. out of it. Are they good knives? They are good knives. That's the sad part. Like, really, I they they were doing the heavy lifting. This and is the part where we're actually trying to sell our listeners on buying <laughs> knives from us. I've got go knives. <laughs> and they're really, they can cut through a rope, you say? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just, you know, all that rope you have lying around. <laughs> One of my friends came over to do a demonstration for, really? my, for my parents. Were they impressed? They pity bought 
a knife, which <laughs> yeah. I took with me to college and gave me like one of my worst knife cuts ever. But that, yeah. Probably my fault is trying to like open a pistachio or something. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> with a cut-go knife. With a cut-go yeah. knife. <laughs> That's like Wouldn't using a gun it. to open a nut. <laughs> I would like to see a remake of the Nutcracker with just a gun, <laughs> a gun. As, the, as the lead. As the Nutcracker. Oh, such a metaphor. That's so what kind of nut are you going to be eating after blasting it apart? That's so funny. It's like brutally murder the Rat King. <laughs> Gun down. Picking yeah. walnut shrapnel out of your <laughs> face. The Rat King would just be like, okay, man, be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be cool. Um, the sugar plum fairies. You're just profiling massacre. me because I'm a rat. <laughs> Young black rat. Were you ever a Girl Scout? I was, yeah. Do you feel like that was a gateway into selling things door to door? Maybe, but I feel like I was never. I mean, Girl Scout cookies. I feel like people were already on board. Yeah, those sell themselves. People want to buy them. That's why I think it's insidious, is because it sends the message to kids that you should be selling <laughs> yeah. things door to door. Well, and that did people you, will want them? Yeah. Did your school ever make you sell like calendars or sold magazines? Yeah. Door-to-door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was pretty weird in hindsight that <laughs> they know. made me do that. And I did it because I really wanted the prize, which when right. you sell like 20 magazine subscriptions, you get like a stuffed animal Coca-Cola polar bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I remember those. I got it. It was my favorite. Oh. <laughs> it was all. But it was all it. branded content. Like, what the hell? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Every oh. part of that, that seems like something that would be very difficult to explain to someone from a country that has like well-funded public education right yeah be like well we also make our school children sell magazines <laughs> and we give them toys from corporations and and then that's how we get like books what, what did this teach me that, right like, most of my neighbors are kind of mean <laughs> right and will not buy my magazines i mean it taught me what a no soliciting sign meant oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it meant that that's where mean people lived. Yeah. And now I have one. Oh, you're a mean person. Yeah. You probably wouldn't buy a magazine from a child. No, I wouldn't. I would be afraid the child wouldn't like f- fill out fill my out the form right and stuff. Like, Also, I just feel like something's wrong. Anytime someone is trying to sell me a magazine subscription <laughs> right. at my door, I'm like, something about this is messed up. <laughs> Society is broken down. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the way this should work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it feels like... I'm always like, I'll look up the organization you represent online and give them money that way. Right. Yeah. Um, Why are they still sending out people? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I didn't have to talk to them anymore. (laughs) My parents would get mad because every time someone came to our door, I like didn't want to say no. So I would just like start (laughs) signing things or I'd be like, let me get someone. And they'd be like, no, we made you answer the door so we wouldn't... (laughs) So you could send them away. And I would always be like, come in. I'll take your more of your forms. Like, your parents were like, go tell them that there are no adults home. Because right, right. <laughs> that's a good plan. Totally. Also. That's, yeah. Um, that's really funny. So how long did you do that for? Oh, so short. So short. Like I just started <laughs> stop. I just stopped showing up to training sessions and... They were like calling to be like, hey, we noticed she hasn't been coming to her seminars. Oh, my God. And I was like, they're going to chase me forever. <laughs> that must happen like at least. I bet it happens like, all the time. All the time yeah, yeah, 75% of the time. I one time got a job 
driving an ice cream van. <gasps> what? Not a truck. And I did that for one day because it was also, it was on commission only. Oh, what? God. So it was like not an hourly. It was just like if you. Are you kidding? No. How much did you make? I made, I worked for five hours and I made $20. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, this is bad. That's I should not do horrifying. this. Well, it was also like, I felt really gross about it because I was just like driving around in a van looking for children. <laughs> And then I would like find them and I would start selling them ice cream and oh. then their parents would run up yelling at them like, don't buy that. Oh, and no. then I'd be like, I uh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you were breaking up families. Yeah. <laughs> I had also like, it was like this weird summer where I lived in Portland for like a couple months oh. and I was like, I need a just a short term job while I live here. But I didn't know where anything was, so I didn't know where to go to right. find children. <laughs> and it was just like a Did white you pull over to the side van. and you're like, hey, tell me where the kids are at. Like, <laughs> I was just like looking for parks and stuff. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. else are kids? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But then in what I learned too late was I should have been trying to sell them to adults. Oh. Really? Because adults wanted oh. to buy them. And like... There wasn't like this weird like tension over whether they were allowed to. Yeah, adults can decide for themselves. Adults were excited about it. It was like Portland 2007. Yeah. So it was like peak sort of like adults acting like kids. Yeah. I know. know? Portland is essentially just adult children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I should have started (laughs) Sorry to all our listeners. Yeah. You know it's true. Yeah. That's the thing. Like adults in Portland will eat ice cream, but like the- but parents in Portland will not feed their children ice cream. Weird. You know what I mean? Um, well, we got to go to expert hour soon. Wait, can okay. we quickly talk about what what kind of baked goods you like to look up? Oh, online? yeah. I just want like a oh, quick yeah. rundown of that. I always go for um, stuff that is right out of the oven or like like fresh baked cookies. So you or this fresh is, baked we're cookies. talking about things that you like to Google image search. Yeah, when I'm hungry. <laughs> Just to get yourself more hungry, yeah, or just get it. I it just like is like a fun reminisce. So I have Google image open. Give me some phrases to look. Chocolate at. lava cake. Chocolate oh. lava cake. And so it's like the oh man, yeah, it's like spilling out. Yeah, that's like a good sort of like actiony. It's also the closest thing to meat oh, for yeah. a vegetarian. For me, it's like oh, oh the yeah. blood just spilling out of that cake. Oh. <laughs> I ate one of those Impossible Burgers. What are those? Have you heard of those? No. They're vegan burgers that bleed. <gasps> what? No. Why? <laughs> I can't believe that you're horrified by that. Well, I'm horrified in that that isn't a part of meat that I miss. Oh, really? You were just saying that. <laughs> I know. I'm completely contradicting myself. I don't know what's it, happening. They're just like, they're pink on the inside. Oh, okay. And they like have a little bit of like. Red juiciness yeah. to them it was so good yeah, really? it was, yeah it was really good it's great um okay what are some other desserts you like to mm, what else have i been googling lately there's one called like princess cake oh i think is it's that the like one with marzipan yeah oh, wow. that is so beautiful i love those yeah these are very very pretty <laughs> do you watch great british bake-off i i do there's yeah. only one season though right that you can watch on netflix, on, on netflix? yeah i've um or have they put up I've more i've gotten another season <laughs> oh wow ways. um yeah they, they put them on youtube sometimes too. they put them on youtube sometimes also if you have the pbs app 
Oh, There's really? A season or two on there. I you think. can just watch it on your phone. I've also bought seasons or on, or on your yeah. yeah. You can buy seasons on iTunes. Wow, uh, I gotta. Um, God, get I love a princess it. cake. It's so beautiful. It's really good. Do you eat a lot of cake? I I feel like I used to more, and now I just sort of look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels adulthood weird man. to say. Yeah, I also yeah I don't eat. A lot of cake because I don't really eat wheat, and oh yeah, I, I still like to look at it. Totally, I love to I watch bread like, baking. I feel like fancy cakes are one of those things that definitely look better than they taste. Totally, yeah. I feel like cakes usually kind disappointing, of like, like lobster. Yeah. Mm, yeah, like lobster looks amazing to me, and yeah. I don't think it actually tastes as good as it looks. Not that great. Um, People really love it though. Crab so much better. Yeah, is it? Yeah, is it? I feel like it's basically the same. Mm, crab is like sweeter it's got a little oh. more flavor to it lobster i feel like you gotta dip it in butter to like get a real good huh. mouthfeel <laughs> crab is like good on its own i don't know that's just my opinion all right that's our new segment crab crab, crab butts, crab butts. <laughs> crab butts. <laughs> crustacean comparison <laughs> um all right well we gotta go to expert hour uh people should buy your album right oh yeah Ooh, that yeah. would be great um what's it called it's called Just Putting It Out There. <laughs> um, available now. Available um, now on iTunes, Amazon, all those places. All those places. Also, I mean, I can't spoil anything, but you will be doing a voice soon on a show that I'm very closely involved with. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So ch- coming out this summer. Yay. <laughs> I'm so that. excited about that. Really good. Um, all right. It's time for Expert Hour. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. We need an expert. We need an expert. We need an expert hour. Welcome to Expert Hour. Uh, Very excited about our expert this week. She's here to talk to us about parenting. Please welcome Chandeline Jean. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about it. Um, how many kids do you have? I have none. I am a single mom with no kids. So, I'm sorry. You have no kids? I have no, not one. Uh, and it is tough being a single mom, raising kids you don't have. It takes up quite a bit of time and emotional space. And I do think I go underappreciated most of the time and completely unrecognized as a parent. What, um, in what way would you say you're a parent? Thank you so much for asking right out of the gate. Uh, not a lot of people would have the guts to ask that to my face. Uh, well, that's well, kind of part and parcel of doing an interview, I'd say. Yeah, we, yes, play, we play hardball on here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, you're a bit of a, what's her name, Diane Sawyer? <laughs> Diane Keaton. Thank you. Could be either one. Uh, anyway. Lisa is wearing a vest right now. Yeah. Uh, and a hat. And a hat. Uh, <laughs> As a woman who owns hats, I do appreciate your strength and courage to wear it. <laughs> uh, I do consider myself to be a bit of a parent because, uh, you know, it's uh, more about coming from inside and uh, what you would do if you did have a kid. And I do feel quite prepared uh, if I what, ever like how people call get my them- hands on one. What? <laughs> so like how people call themselves an actor before they've been cast in anything? I mean, I guess that's your opinion and your lifestyle choice to make. I have... <laughs> No right to say either way, but uh, yeah, I guess something like that. I also think that uh, you don't necessarily need kids to parent. Uh, it is more of a state of mind. And um, it's interesting. Yeah, mm. I've been raising, um, you know, a good attitude. 
<laughs> okay, so then, it, so then let's talk about what what would you say is the definition of parenting? Yeah. Thank you so much um, again for asking that question to my face <laughs> behind my back. Uh, make it a lot harder to answer, as it turns out. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the definition of parenting is uh, reasonable rules and regulations, and uh, also uh, unlimited love and affection, uh, even if there is no one there to receive it. Wow! Wow! That actually makes it sound really nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. It is a bit of a nightmare, as it turns <laughs> out. Uh, but I am glad that I am selling it quite well. Wait, so why, why is it a nightmare? I am quite lonely. And oh. I have uh, more or less lost the will to live, as it turns out. When oh, you put geez. your whole life into your family that you don't have, um, <laughs> it does make it hard to hang on to that life. That being said, uh, you know, again, if I ever own and operate my own child, or I can somehow get my hands on one, uh, it'll be worth it. Have you thought about getting a pet? Um, I have killed three cats, none of them mine. Uh, so uh, it is something I'm not really open to at this point in my life. Yeah, that sounds for the best. Yeah, and I am a bit more of a career woman, and uh, you know, you have to be to be able to provide for a family, and I, I can't... Uh, you know, bust a nut for a cat. <laughs> so. Well put. Thank you. Um, so do you offer like, uh, like, I don't know, workshops? Like, what do you, how do you operate as someone who is an expert on parenting uh-huh. who, yeah. who does not have her own uh, What I do is a bit of a one-on-one. I like to um, approach moms, no permission not necessary, and uh, let them know exactly what they can change about their parenting. Mm. I do think that is the way to do it. I have a book, Unpublished, Unread, (laughs) um, that has quite a few tips in it as well. Okay. And uh, I do like to come on podcasts like this. This is my first, but I do think it's something I will continue. (laughs) I'm glad you like it so far. Thank you so much. I'm having a bit of a laugh. I don't mind saying. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share some of the tips in your book. I know that some of them are probably proprietary, but uh-huh. I'd love to hear any that you feel like you can share for promotional purposes. Um, right out of the gate, I'm going to go ahead and thank you for your request. I've never gotten one. Uh, so this does mean quite a bit to me. Uh, I do feel quite put on the spot, though, um, and almost in a way somewhat assaulted. Um, oh. You're using my own information against me. Uh, but that being said, let's do it. I mean, uh, again, it's only information you've already said out loud. Yeah, no, I, do feel, I do feel quite pressured, as it turns out. Uh, okay, so uh, one of the tips that I have uh, is if your kid is misbehaving, let them know uh, their place in this world, um, which is that they are nothing and no one. <laughs> and do be firm on that. Uh, it really does put them in their place, shuts them right up. And really lets them value how much you are someone and something. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a negative response to your parenting? I've never uh, said it. I've never said it to oh, anyone. Oh, okay. Oh. So I've had no response. Um, never been in uh, enough contact with a child. Um, it is a bit of a sensitive subject, so thank you for bringing it up to my face. Okay. So you've never been in con- What about when you were a child? I am so glad that uh, you brought that up. Um, yes, I was once a child. Does that? It was just confirming that statement. Oh, okay. I didn't know. All right. Does that? I, I do it, thought that's what you were going for. Does your own childhood influence your current? Um, Quite a bit. I did raise myself in addition to my parents raising me. So there was three of us. Oh, so that's uh, like kind of parenting experience. Mm-hmm. For thank sure. you so much. It absolutely was. Um, my parents did raise me, and I had a hand in it. 
so uh, I do feel uh, right from the jump, um, I've kind of always been a parent, which is why I do feel I have so much to share and uh, why it does break my heart to not be able to pass that on to a child. I'd like to think it's because all the uh, kids uh, these days are raising themselves. So I guess they don't need me. Um, how do you feel like uh, kids these days are raising themselves? Um, quite simply by having the motivation to get out of bed, uh, go to work or play, whatever it is that they're up to. Um, you know, a lot of kids wouldn't do that if they didn't have a, a parent there. But these kids are doing it. You, I'm seeing them. They're doing it. You know, the parents aren't there at the recesses and the what have yous. So I am watching those kids have the motivation to do it themselves. Uh, and you can't do that unless you're a little bit responsible. Wow. Yeah. What, where are these kids that you're watching? What do you? <laughs> They're all over. Kids are everywhere, as it turns out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can look at them anywhere. You can follow them around at a safe distance. I wish I'd known that when I was. Uh, <laughs> I heard about ice your cream. ice cream van. <laughs> uh, seems like I, and I think where you went wrong there was trying to communicate. Um, I think a better way to sell ice cream is from afar, no communication, Uh, no money exchange, no product exchange. Oh. Yeah. You might have had a bit more success. Could have done it online as well. I feel like the money exchange was pretty important. (laughs) I mean, it all depends on what you're looking for in life. Yeah, I guess I guess if you, if if for a job, I guess people do look for an income. I actually um, work non-for-profit. Um. That. For my own foundation. That is clear. Yeah. Um, (laughs) My own foundation. I have a Christmas-related parenting question. Oh, very good. Um, yes. I'm wondering if you can... So, uh, Santa Claus is a sort of a divisive He's topic a, among yeah. parents. Yeah. I, I to think, do, yeah. You know, like, do. for some parents, it's their first opportunity to really lie to their child. And um, some people don't don't want to do it. What mm-hmm. do you, How do you feel uh, the Santa Claus myth sort of affects a parent-child relationship? And how do you recommend parents handle it? It will shatter a child <laughs> to tell them something exists and that then it is a lie if you tell a child there is a santa you will take that to the grave uh, i still believe wait you'll take it to the grave that like, there is a santa oh. you will never back down from that 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 is the equivalent of me saying your father's right here and then all of a sudden saying he's not your father there is no father you've been looking at a ghost <laughs> And I would never do that to a child. There are all kinds of things I would do to a child. That's not one of them. <laughs> so, so for parents then who I guess don't want to participate in the in the Santa Claus lie, what, what to do you hell with you? <laughs> what so? What do you recommend? Wow, I recommend that you succumb to mass media and uh, pressure, and you tell them there is a Santa Claus. Uh, if you want to throw out all the other holidays your Easter bunnies and uh, in addition with your tooth fairies you can go right ahead and do that but for God's sakes give them Santa here's why I think it helps um, reduce judgment in terms of uh, various body sizes I think it helps kids um, accept that we all do come in different shapes and sizes Um, Some of us have a belly like a bowl full of jelly. And here we go. (laughs) I also think uh, it really promotes giving uh, without getting anything in return. This man gives us gifts worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and we give him but a mere cookie of which we ate half of. (laughs) You got to admit, it is a really good example for kids to see that um, you can give and you can be quite happy about it. Here's another thing. It's the acceptance of little people in regards to uh, the elves. 
And it shows a happy and successful marriage with Mrs. Claus and to be kind to animals with the reindeer. You tell me one reason why you would want to break that reality for a child. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I guess I get that. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. What age do you think a, a kid should find out Santa is not real? 32 through 37. <laughs> Oh, wow. I found out wow. really early. Yeah. yeah. How old were you? Um, I feel like I was like a Santa truth or like pretty early. You know, I, like I feel like I figured it out around five or six. And I oh, was wow. kind of. How one- did it affect you? Oh, I mean, I used it to feel better above other children. I would oh, wow. tell them the truth. You know, I was sort of like, yeah, I was a Santa. Whistleblower. Yeah. Yeah. I was a real Santa atheist. <laughs> oh, wow. Blow hard about it. Yeah. Okay. Did you believe in Santa as a child? I think I believed until I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be about the age. I went straight through to 12. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, that was my body, my choice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about you? How, how long did you go? I was eight and I found out because my grandma said something by accident. And uh, I wow. overheard it and I figured it out. Were you upset? I was very upset. Oh. I, I cried in the bathroom and I, uh, I said, the magic is gone. Oh, no. Oh, wow. uh, to my mom, I said, the magic is gone. The magic is gone. And it was Christmas Eve, too. So he was about to come like the and next then, day. And then, and then I got some real blue balls. It was devastating. It was really devastating. Yeah, it is devastating. And, uh, you know, I just don't have it in my heart to do it. I just can't. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It sounds like you maybe haven't had the opportunity yet anyway. Yeah, and yeah. that's another point. Um, yeah. Everybody's making a couple of good points right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Definitely. Um, do you guys have any parenting questions? Um, mm. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I feel yeah. like your approach is pretty clear. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Just got to get the, you know, my advice in regards to being a parent is do lock down the kids. I think that's the hardest part is getting the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like just oh, get it set up. Have you have them, you find one, uh, whatever yeah. it takes. That to me would be the number one tip. It does seem tricky. Yeah, then is the one I am. Um, what about skip that step? What about if you're on the fence about having kids or not? Well, right out of the gate, you shouldn't be hanging out on fences. Quite dangerous. A lot of stability there. <laughs> okay. Um, I think she meant figurative. I'm go but, ahead you know. and say this. Uh, have the kid because you can always uh, give them away. I'll take them. <laughs> uh, what I wouldn't give. Uh, what I wouldn't give to take your kids. Um, <laughs> well, that's a good answer. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say have them. You can always do a bit of a giveaway. Uh-huh. Um, you can leave them at fire stations. That seems to be a thing. And hopefully I can snag them up <laughs> before they get them. But they usually get them pretty quick. Wow. So it doesn't matter if you hang out there for a couple hours a day. Yeah. You can't, uh, you can't get there fast enough. So Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah, I really can't thank you enough. Thank you um, so much yeah, for being here. Thank you here. for wow. having me on. Really I, interesting. I guess thank if, you. if you had one piece of sort of like, I don't know, if you could sort of crystallize like one piece of important parenting advice for, for our listeners, if people are expecting a child, what do you, what do you think is maybe the most important thing? Hang on to them and never let go. Oh. That's what I would say. That's, That's very really sweet. sweet. Yeah. It's interesting because you just gave the advice to just give them to you. Yeah. Before yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a, yeah. But I guess it's, you but know, you know not it's one of those things that you hope, uh, you know, when somebody tells you what to do, you want to do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, that's the approach I am going for. 
Well, and, uh, yeah. Not everyone who has a child is a parent, right? Mm-hmm. Some yeah. people aren't there you into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if people want to buy your book, where can they? What's it called? Uh, you'll have to text me. <laughs> uh, and my number is uh three one zero three five nine three seven three seven and uh that spells out uh if you if you spell on the phone three one zero three five nine uh two 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 oh yeah okay i'm pretty sure if you do yeah, i'm pretty sure well that makes if it easy to it remember right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure if you do that's what it spells <laughs> well, I can't wait uh, to find out uh, if our listeners text you for this book. And I will keep you reported uh, back on that daily. Great. Yeah. So regardless of your location and interest. <laughs> um, well, that concludes Expert Hour. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? Um. <laughs> <laughs> what did I learn? I learned sometimes Santa doesn't come on Christmas Eve. Sometimes he comes while you're in the shower <laughs> and sets up a tree and stockings real fast. Um, Aparna, what did you learn today? I learned that um, you can use a mongoose as an alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> Chandeline, what did you learn today? Um, I learned if you want to sell a knife, you have got to nail that demo. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I overheard earlier. Um, And I learned that if it's wintertime, wrap it in burlap. That's right. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Uh, That's our podcast, you guys. Thank you very much for listening. Um, Please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars or nothing. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, Leave a nice comment, too, and we'll, we'll shout you out next on the next recording. Uh, send us your butt pics, babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Also send us your wiki links. Uh, I'm sorry if we haven't gone to yours yet. Maybe yeah. it was bad or we already did it. I don't yeah. know. We do get we're a very, lot of... We're very picky. We do get a lot of um, repeat Wikipedia submissions. We do. And sometimes they're too long or, you know, whatever. But you guys send us a lot of good ones and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Elisa Draws. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. And, and goodbye. goodbye. Yay. Baby geniuses, we know everything. 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 Jumpstart your creativity at MaxFunCon 2017. Surround yourself with beautiful nature, brilliant artists, hilarious comedians, and of course, some of your favorite MaxFun podcasts. Whether you join us in Lake Arrowhead in June for MaxFunCon or in the Poconos in September for MaxFunCon East, you'll leave inspired and with a bunch of new friends. MaxFunCon.com has all of the details. Buy your tickets before they're gone. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.